Okay, welcome back to Industry Town. Uh, that's real cool that you are listening to this. Welcome back. And uh, we're getting to episode two of our focus on the world of voiceover. Last episode, I talked with the Steph Curry of audiobooks, Eduardo Ballerini. It uh, felt cool to have like an award-winning like leader in the field on the show. And this week, I am bringing on just one of the absolute best humans I know. She's an incredibly talented actress. She works all the time in voiceover and on camera. She's just stupid talented and a longtime friend, and I'm thrilled to have Kritzia Bajos on the show. Kritzia is doing it all at voiceover. She's voiced commercials for McDonald's and Toyota, Verizon, Ford, Old Navy, all the big brands. She's a regular on an animated show for Nickelodeon. She's appeared in animated features like Spies in Disguise last year, and then she also shows up in all the great video games like Grand Theft Auto V and the new sequel to The Last of Us and The Sims, which she's been doing for like a decade. And none of that has gotten in the way of a thriving on-camera career. On top of all the amazing credits, Kritzia also just launched her own voiceover classes, voiceover.camp, which you'll hear about throughout the episode. Um, you'll also hear about pretty much everything you could want to know. Kritzia talks about agents and reels. She shares her thoughts on technique and equipment. All that good stuff. But before we get to Kritzia, I just want to share some things that I have coming up. Uh, on Tuesday, really uh, really soon, just in a day and a half, the 25th, I'm hosting JRS Happy Hour Conversations, and John and I are going to have Zero Gravity Lit Manager Joe Riley on the show, which should be a really cool conversation just about his side of the industry, plus his advice for actors who want to write and create their own content, and uh, he's going to answer your questions live. It's free. 4 p.m. Pacific, on, uh, Pacific time on Tuesday over Zoom. You can sign up from the show notes or join the Facebook group, JRS Happy Hour Conversations. It's free to join, and it's got registration links. Um, I'll also be hosting an Ask Me Anything on the Actor Salon Facebook page a week from Monday. So check out the Actor Salon social media for info on that, and I'll just be answering anything you want to know. Business, career, craft, any of it. Okay, enough of that. Let's get to Kritzia. Enjoy. Lock it up, very quiet and still. Ready. Scene one, take three, A mark. Okay, here with me is Kritzia Bajos. Kritzia, welcome to the show. Hi, Brian. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It's fun to be here. It's good to like actually see your face and be connected. Face. Yeah, it's been a long time. Hair. My goodness. (sighs) I'm working on, I'm trying to like be a lion or a thundercat. I feel like I'm getting there. I feel like, give me another month. With a little John Malkovich, I have to say. I've never gotten that, but I will take that to the the bank. It's just the wisp of the hair on the side with a slight widow's peak. I don't know, you're you're looking very debonair, my friend. You are very kind to say slight widow's peak because this thing is like an acute angle. I got one oh, too. She says lifting up like a mane of hair to reveal it. For me, it's like, no, that's just my my five head. Um, let's see. Got the oh, full. Well, I think, no, I think you look very Full debonair. palm. Yes. Thank you. Full I appreciate palm? it. I, full, full palm. Full, full palm, palm head. head. Um, so, so I'm thrilled to have you on. I want to talk about voiceover today. Um, okay. I, I feel like that has always been something I know. I think the entire time I've known you, it's been part of your life. Yeah. But I feel like over the, I don't know, close to 10 years I've known you, something like that, 
it's grown and grown and grown to be a larger, you know, part of your story. Um, so I want to talk about all of it, but I'd love to start with, um, I've been having, I've been doing a series of this. I've been trying to talk with a number of people in the voiceover industry and do a whole month of this stuff. So people get an idea of the different stories people took to get where they are, okay. the big lessons they learned along the way. What are they doing now? What is it built to? So for you, how did you find your way into this specific niche of the entertainment industry? Oh, man. Okay, well, I always like to talk about the story when uh, GPSs first got into cars many moons ago. Uh, yeah. I remember I was heading over to, I was making, yeah, actually, I, I, I shipped my car over to LA, and I thought it was so snazzy. I was like, wow, it's got a GPS in the car, and she sounded so sexy. She was just like, you know, please make a right turn on Riverside Drive. And I was like, wow, <laughs> she's talking to me. So I would always play around with that voice in front of my friends. And I was, you know, acting on camera like you've known me to do. But I kept playing around with those kind of voices and friends that I guess knew better were like, you know, you should really look into this. It's like, no, I don't even know what this is. I don't know. What is voiceover? I actually had no idea how wide and vast that world is, this world is, you know? Um, but anyway, true to my ever curious spirit, like I usually jump into things by taking a course, taking a class, learning. I'm big about training. Uh, that is how I jump into things. And so I started taking classes just to see what that was like. And I fell in love. And the, the you know, my teacher, he's become a mentor of mine. He really encouraged me. He he helped kind of guide me into this and I never have looked back. It's been, I, I still can't believe, I still can't believe uh, the journey that it's taken, like, you know, from there to here. And even my first audition, I remember for voiceover, I, please don't get mad at this, but it was kind of a fluke, you know, one of those like, oh great, you got your first audition, that's cute. But it was one of these things where he had taught me um, to embrace a certain attitude or voice that I had, which is basically my Spanish accent that I worked on getting rid of. And I put it back on for certain things. <laughs> and I, I exaggerated it to sound like my mom. And he's like, that's a really good voice. And this was before Sofia Vergara was like popular in the States. So it wasn't like okay. a thing that people, you know, really knew. And uh, he's like, just keep it in your back pocket. It's so good. You're going to use it. I'm like, yeah, whatever, Scott. It's, um, you know, fine. This is the same voice you use when you're batting in softball, right? It's one of them, sure. Yeah. Full disclosure, we played a softball team together for many, many moons. And uh, when she would bat, it was a different side of Kritzia came out. It was very exciting. Very <laughs> I like exciting. to keep you guys on your toes, you know? I wasn't always great at that, so I might as well make it entertaining. Anyhow. <laughs> uh, so I remember getting the audition for, and it was through my manager. And he was like, oh, you're taking voiceover classes, right? I didn't really like him much. I was like, yeah, I am. He's like, yeah, I'm throwing you over this, uh, this voiceover request. I'm like, all right, great. I'll try it out. My first audition, and it was for those old Navy, you remember those old Navy modelkins, supermodelkins that like wouldn't oh, yeah. move their mouth, but they would talk? Yeah. So it was to be one of them, and she was Latina. And I was like, okay, um, sure. And I took that voice out of my back pocket, and I was like, can I curse? Yeah. Oh, yeah, please. We've got Great. the mature awesome. audiences. Great. I have yeah. such a potty mouth and I just hate to be restrained. So I said, fuck it. I'm just going to take it out and use it. What do I have to lose? So I did it. And lo and behold, I booked it. And I didn't know that it was, I thought it was just one commercial. And I was like, whoa, my first voiceover commercial is awesome. It ended up being a campaign for a whole year, Brian. I was wow. Like, so that opened up a door that I was like, wait, what? And when those checks, you know, you, I know you know those, those Wendy's voiceover checks and what you used to do. What a beautiful oh part God. of my life. Me too. And when I got those checks, I was like, wait, this 
this is the possibility. This is what I could do forever if I was really good at it for a long time. So that's, I mean, that definitely got me raring to go. But yeah. yeah, I mean, I think for most actors, if you say auditions, bookings, money, that would be a pretty attractive start, right? I think yeah. it makes sense. Well, let's go back. I want to unpack that a little bit further. Do you remember what it was like walking in to your very first voiceover class? Because you and I, I think, both started off theatrically. So we are used to uh, black box theaters and, you yes. know, uh, and cameras and, and rooms set up for scene study. And a voiceover class is different. And I don't know about you, but when I, I walked, walked into in my, my first, first one, one, I felt, I felt like, like I knew. I'm new. There's different oh, yeah. equipment here. This is a different type of building. There's a different place where the work happens. There's, um, it's a similar tribe of people, but it's also like the voiceover tribe is different than the uh, theater so tribe, which it, like yes. it's similar, but it's not quite the same. And yeah. I just feel like th this is new. There's some new things that I'm going to have to get comfortable with and learn. And I'm wondering what was your experience when you, where was that first class and what was it like starting there? It was at Kalmanson and Kalmanson in Burbank. And it was with Scott Holst. I was lucky enough to be placed in his class. And then I took hold of him and I never let him go. I was like, you're never leaving my side. So he became my teacher throughout both levels that I was there and then beyond, you know. And I remember the first time, you know, it's funny that you say that. I haven't been asked that question. It's a good question. But it did feel, like you said, from, like not to totally removed, but still different enough to feel uneasy. And, uh, and so... You know, you get in, you see the engineer, you see all those buttons, you see all those knobs. And you're like, how do these people know what everything does? And then you get behind a mic. And that, I didn't quite know what to do, especially because I, I thought there was an idea of being like almost presentational that I had to, or this idea of what an announcer sounds like. Welcome to Movie Phone. <laughs> Brought to you by Y100 and the New Times. <laughs> right. <laughs> And so I had to shake off a lot of stuff. And, and I tell, you know, now that when I teach, I tell a lot of my students, like, it is totally normal to be in your head for a while at the top of it because it's new. It's foreign. It's it's a, a new skill set, you know, so it, it you and it's really hard because there's a lot of hats that you use with voiceover, you know, especially when you have your own thing. You've got an engineering hat, a directing hat and an actor's hat. So you have to really work on just using the actor's hat when you're behind the mic. You know, and uh, I remember just getting comfortable, getting comfortable with what my voice sounded like and what I didn't like about it and what I liked about it and how to use them to build up my tools kit, you know, to build up my skill set. But, yeah, it was definitely an odd feeling at first. And that's why I actually really loved listening to other people like I do in class when I learn from other people, you know, like when we were in class mm -hmm. together, it's like, oh, wow. Yeah, I learned from my own stuff, like hearing myself, but I'm in my head. But when mm -hmm. I see the people going up and getting direction, seeing them shift, change, evolve, and move from the outside, something that I think, oh, that's easy. But then when I get behind the mic, it's not as easy as I thought it would be. <laughs> never for is. It never is. So again, all of that was really helpful. And it was just such a great feeling to get that direction and be able to use it. And I've always been pretty malleable with direction anyway, but to see that growth. But yeah, it was definitely uh, intimidating. You know, and a mic is so sensitive. It's just like the camera. You lie, it'll show through your eyes and the camera will pick it up. You know, if you're truthful, it's the same with your voice. And uh, that's what I really love about voiceover too. It's helped, it's actually helped me find my voice in a deeper, in a deeper way.
So this is a question I've asked everybody so far, and I think it's like, to me, this is one of the most important ones, but it's tough. Mm-hmm. What would you say are the biggest technical, like craft things you had to learn for you to get better at that, to make it something that went from, oh, she's mm-hmm. talented at this to she can work. You know, when we get on-camera people, um, there's a handful of things that almost everyone needs to learn. For on-camera, almost everyone needs to learn some stillness. Yeah, almost everyone needs to learn uh, where to, how to use their authentic voice. Almost everyone needs to learn. Some of this is about using the camera. Some of this is about yourself and the medium, about the size of the performance and what actually reads. What do you think are those kind of low-hanging fruit, early technical things, early craft things for voiceover? I mean, you hit the nail on the head with finding your authentic voice. I mean, that is huge. I, I remember with John, he would always, especially with females, I have to say, you know, we tend to talk up here, either from our heads or from our throats. And he'd always be like, get from down here. Where does your voice come from? Use your full voice. It's the same thing with voiceover, right? It's um, it's also playing like certain characters. If we're not talking commercially, if I'm talking about my animation or interactive, where does your voice come from? It's identifying that and also feeling very comfortable with the rawness of who you are, the truth of who you are, not to get too woo woo, but that actually plays a huge part of it. And I think what I noticed with a lot of working voice actors is they're very unapologetically themselves. Eve and they're, they, we almost revel in our imperfections because who wants to hear perfection? Who wants to see perfection truly, right? It works on Instagram, I guess, with influencers and hot people, but like it gets tired, right? When we want to see hear real life performances. We want real rawness and it comes with jagged edges. So uh, it's just being comfortable with, I don't sound like him or her, but I'm gonna sound like myself. And what does that sound like? So getting comfortable with that first and foremost, that's a huge one. I always talk about identity because that's just really important. Um, And then other technical stuff, you know, I, I love talking about proximity and I feel like not a lot of people talk about that that much. So. I'm sure you know, but this is like what we're talking is probably at a three, right? We're very conversational. Nothing is pushed. Nothing is, we're not at a concert, which if we were at a concert or somewhere loud, I'd have to be further away from the mic. And that's like a five, right? Okay. We're at a five now. Everybody that I might've blown you guys' ears off. But then, you know, um, there's some that's just right here and that's probably like a one and it's just, you're confiding in some, in somebody, you know, or just being really easy and not pushing anything. That's like a one. So I play with all of those, especially those closer up ones. You know, like that's a technique that has booked me I'm a voice of Ford F-150 right now for several commercials because my thing was just like, hey, look, I just need a truck that could get me from point A to point B. Tow all my stuff with all my friends and gear. And you know, that tow assist really helps. Something like that, like really barely giving it anything, but people want to do overdo everything or do too much that it's like, you just, you got to actually pull back later. So for as much of a intellectual idea as a one or a three or a five or a 10 is, when I watch you do it, am I right that it really feels like you have kind of pockets that you fall into? Like, this is kind of my one right here. This is where mm. that lives for me. And like, it's not so much of like a, you turning the knob up and down, but you have parts of you that are kind of authentically a five or the parts of you that yeah. are authentically a 10. And it's just yeah. kind of allowing parts yourself you. to drop into that piece of you. I love that. Yeah, exactly. There are parts of me, like if I'm, you know, especially right now, there's so many spots about COVID and now mm-hmm. more than ever, blah, blah, blah. And it depends. For the new normal. <laughs> exactly. Uh. So some of them, it's like we're trying to instill hope. And I don't want to, you know, I, I'll get maybe closer to that 
audience's ears or whatever. And then, you know, with animation, you run the gamut. So that technically, I always talk about dynamics uh, with animation mm -hmm. um, because it's got to be like a gear, you know, like first, second, third. I mean, I know we're, we're talking again in numbers, but that helps with animation because you're going to have to really be able to go there with everything. So like no one sentence is the same as the one prior. So you could talk about like thoughts, you know, like you have mm -hmm. a different thought before every sentence. Well, you're going all the way when it comes to, you know, animation and voiceover for cartoons, especially like you got to go all the way with those thoughts and really be excited or really be back here. Like, Oh my God, I can't believe it. Do you think that he saw me? You know, stuff like that. Like I've got, you've got to really take those turns. right angles. I wanted to tell you all about Tree's newest partner, the Headshot Truck. They are open for business, complete with extensive COVID-19 procedures in place, so you can have a safe and awesome shoot. The Headshot Truck is debuting some awesome new packages. They've got an unlimited looks package, which is great if you need a whole bunch of new shots. They've launched, um, I think, the first of its kind. It's a subscription service, so you can constantly be getting new looks here and there throughout the year. And they're also doing slate shots now, so shoot with them and really round out your actor's access profile. Uh, if you do shoot with them, which would be an awesome choice, use the promo code INDUSTRYTOWN, one word, to save 10%. And now back to Critzia. Let's talk about animation, because I feel like of everyone I've had on, you've done more in the animation and interactive world. Um, and so I'm, I'm curious to sp specifically really dive in there. Although wherever we get to is fine. But let's, let's talk about like... Um, didn't you? Pl I remember you recently put up a picture of a character you were playing. It might have been a few months ago, Was but Margarita. Mar There's the picture. Look at her right there. I love it. Can you tell us a little bit about this character in the show? Oh, I love her so much. Um, so Margarita lives in the Casa Grande's world, which is a show on Nickelodeon, and it's a spinoff from The Loud House. If anybody knows about The Loud House, if they have kids, or I have some adult friends that watch it, <laughs> but. Uh, Margarita was one of my first big, I had done a little bit of animation with Carmen Sandiego, uh, the second season of Carmen Sandiego, so I'm also in the third one. But this was like my big one, like a recurring role. Uh, they, they had, you know, I, I remember the, her artwork coming out in the audition sides and I was like, oh my God, I love her. And at the time they didn't say anything about her being Cuban. That's who I am. And I just was like, again, let me just, she kind of sounds like my mom to me. Like, I'm just going to make her like, ay, chico, pero what are you doing here? Have you told your parents you're here? You know, like very um, motherly fun, aunt kind of thing, you know, just town gossip, like likes to get in on all the gossip. She owns her <laughs> own uh, hair salon. And so she cuts all their hair. She gets, That's how she gets her gossip, right? Um, so I remember when that came in, again, like I have been taking enough courses, classes, been doing workout groups, which you know about voiceover workout groups, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, but tell I'll, people tell people who are listening, because uh, I feel like we're going to get a wide variety of experiences here. Oh, cool. Yeah. So that to me has been a really great, um, gosh, how do I explain that? Like an up leveler. So, mm -hmm. you know, we go to the gym to pump up the muscles. If you, that's how you create the body that you want and you can't stop. Like if you, so that's kind of the idea that I had. Uh, with coming into them, the Scott Holes, who was my mentor for Kalmanson, and we did like those two levels together. He invited me over to this workout group that he had with, so it's 10 people bi-monthly. So like every two weeks we would all meet um, and we'd get together and just 
work on copy, work on auditions, work on sides, you know, and then get feedback from somebody who knows better, which is the leader of the group, but also learn from each other. So it was constantly working, like maybe that day we worked on dialogue, uh, meaning with two people on mic, you know, or, or the next day we worked on interactive or promos or certain proximity. So it's always constantly working, sharpening those tools. And it really helped me a ton. I owe a lot of my success to that. Anyway, so, um, Again, these are characters that I had developed during the workout groups and people that I had been feeling comfortable with, right? So when the audition came through, I felt prepared. I was like, you know what, I'm just gonna, the biggest thing with animation is have a blast. Go all the way, have fun. We could hear if you're having fun. If you're not having fun with it, what's the point, you know? So I just went, you know, ovaries to the wall, sort of balls to the wall, you know? I like uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> and I went all the way with her and I kind of just mixed her up with my mom and my aunt and um, just created this character and they, they loved it. They booked me and I've been, you know, I've had like a several episodes more to come. I'm on their podcast and she's a freaking blast. Like I have loved recording the whole crew of the Casa Grandes are a great, great group of people and being there Nickelodeon and you're reading the script together. I have to hold myself from laughing and not, you know, having the mic pick it up because it's just, a great time. I'm feeling stupidly lucky to have that. How many auditions to get a part like that? This uh... Ooh, good one. A lot. Uh, anime, like, so if you're, you know, a gamer, it's like the boss level for me. So animation was like boss level. Like that has been the hardest one. So like commercials, quick. Yeah, I got into that. That's usually where everybody starts. Mm -hmm. Then it tends to be like uh, either promos or, yeah, it depends on where your journey takes you, but interactive is also hard. But I got into that a long time ago. I was able to work in there. And nowadays, just give you a couple notes on anime, on interactive, which is a fancy word for video games. They are so cinematic nowadays. It's not like what it used to be. So really they love people with a strong acting background. Like as mm -hmm. if you are really confident in your abilities and just give it that, that cinematic realness. They love that right now. Um, and I don't think that's going away. But then the next level is animation because animation, you know, you've got your heavy hitters, heavy hitters that like can do several voices and they're in everything. Like I'm sure you have your favorites. Mm -hmm. H. John Benjamin, I feel like is one of my go-to. Oh, are you oh talking my about my character voice or are you talking about actors? A like actors, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know? And so those people have been in it for decades and decades. I didn't know I had my work cut out for me, but I was like, thankfully I have an agent that has been relentless about pushing me to be better. And I have been like, I, that's what I want. I constantly want to be called out on my bullshit. I constantly want to do better, you know, know better, do better and grow. And honestly, he's been super instrumental for all of that, but. <laughs> But specifically for Margarita, was it one audition sent off the tape one. you're booked? One and done. Because I feel like well, a lot of people's uh, perspective for auditions is all based in theatrical, which is going to be a pre-read, a callback, a work session, a booking. So there's this kind of multi-step uh, experience that people assume with auditioning. And I found that voiceover is not always the same though that that's a different not world not always the yeah. same with animation i have been able to like book it right off of my first call i have to say for the most part i'm trying to think interactive if it's a really big for example lead roles like huge huge big roles you'll have um callbacks you'll have especially if there's uh performance capture involved uh but oftentimes you, they'll do a demo 
So mm-hmm. in, in the sense of they'll do like a, um, a like demo a session. Track. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. So it'll be like a, like a test, I guess, if we would call for on camera, you know, so um, it's you and maybe a small handful of people, one other person, maybe two, and you get paid. That's the cool part, you know, so you get paid for this demo session. You don't have the role, but they will pay you for it as if you do have it. Mm-hmm. And then, um, and then they make their decision from there. But yeah, with Margarita, I have to say, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, it was just that one audition. Uh, yeah, oftentimes if they do ask for a callback, they'll give notes like for I'm in the new season of Boss Baby that's coming out and I got a series regular on that one. So for that one, I did have a producer session. Funny mm-hmm. enough, I couldn't make the producer session because I was working, but they had notes from all the people that they saw and it was about five other people, I think. And I just incorporated the notes and I sent off a file with with those notes and I booked it, which is really fun. That's my first series regular, actually. Amazing. Congratulations. Actually, in any world, now that I say it. <laughs> so tell me, you were talking about Margarita, but I, it might be, I'm interested in the character on Boss Baby, too. How do you create these characters? It seems like with Margarita, a lot came from my the family. drawing. And then the drawing leads to you being inspired by family and history. And most of the technique is just the thing that's holding the whole thing together or supporting it. But it doesn't seem like we're getting really technical in the work. It seems like there's an instinct in where this character comes from for you. Is that how you build your characters? Yeah, that is kind of the last thing for me. For me, the first thing is I love, obviously they'll always send you artwork, you know? So I looked at at her artwork and she had like a hand on her hip and she had a very like know-it-all kind of attitude or just, you know, very vivacious and, and uh, sociable. So I knew that I had to be very invested in the people that I'm talking to and like getting, oh really? Like almost like everything is a telenovela, you know? <laughs> and so <laughs> it was from the drawing and then I just, I already had the voice that I felt, you know, they wanted her to be Latina, but I don't think, and again, I might be wrong on this, but I don't think that they specified Caribbean. And I just took it, I made a choice. I, I was mm. specific with who I saw and what who she was uh, and her relationship to the different people that I was speaking to, you know, in the audition. Um, and again, that attitude of like kind of wanting to be in the know and like wanting to be involved in, you know, all the, the fun, you know, whatever gossip or what have you. And so she just had this very dramatic flair to her with the character Carol on Boss Baby. You know, she was more of a put together mom. So mm-hmm. uh, no accent, maybe a slight, like she she is Latina too. And it's funny, I t- kind of took liberty in that audition because they wanted her to be, uh, I'm basically Eva Longoria's character in the movie. Okay. So like Alec Baldwin's character in the movie is yes. not, he obviously does not play Boss Baby in the show. Yes. Uh, it's somebody else. So I'm her. So they wanted her to be, you know, obviously she's Latina, but I added Spanish words to it, even though there wasn't, you know, I just kind Love of that. it up. Yeah. yeah. I always take liberty with stuff. I make it my own uh, in different ways. So it feels like, I mean, this is something that I love, which is this concept of, well, who is the part if you're going to play it? Because I feel like that allows exactly. a certain level of, well, I'm going to take some ownership then. I'm not going to try to be what I imagine them to be. If it's going to be me, which it doesn't have to be, they don't have to hire me. But if they do, this is what I want to do with it. And so for you, that's adding in some Spanish, that's finding the the version of her that you're excited about. Is that kind of resonating? Gosh, you hit the nail on the head. I love that you said that because I have really turned a corner um, 
with the work that I've been doing of feeling so confident and good in what I'm delivering that I will give you, this is what you will get. Should you choose or should you pay for my services, right? Yeah, should I go to the Critzia store and buy Should you go to the Critzia store, this is what you're gonna get, right? And it's good and you're not gonna devalue that just because you don't choose it for today. I'm not going to think less of myself or make myself less than just because you don't choose that. I know that it's a good product and that's okay. It just doesn't work for your store right now, right? Or your show right now or the essence of what you want. It doesn't mean that it's not going to work, period, right? So again, this is because I've trained and continue to learn and continue to grow, but I feel very confident in my abilities. So I know what I have is, again, if I'm putting it in like a product sense, like you said, you might not choose it, but if you choose this, this is a collaboration. I'm not a puppet. Uh, this is something that either they have an idea in their minds of, oh my gosh, I know that I wrote this character to make it sound like my uncle from my mom's side, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. So then they're looking for something, but oftentimes they're not. And even if they're looking for their uncle from their mom's side, somebody, you might come in there and be like, okay, I thought I wanted that, but I really loved what this guy, freaking Brian Norris did, you know, like I'm loving this. So it's giving, it's giving them something to think about. Like the the Boss Baby one, dude, I didn't even know, like just DreamWorks, right? So I, every time yeah. I saw DreamWorks come down the back, I was like, oh my God, oh my God. Yeah. I want that job, I want that job, yeah. Oh God, that, Pixar, Disney, all of it. And I would always just do my auditions, you know, do the best work that I can. And when I booked this, they told my agent, they were like, you know, been wanting to work with her for a long time. I'm so glad that we got something that works. And I was like, wow, I had no idea. I mean, I thought they were throwing, getting thrown into the ether. Little did I know. That is one of the things. Work. That's one of the things I think people need to really, I think this is maybe the hardest thing about voiceover. Tell me if you agree, disagree. That's actually a good question. Hardest thing about it. But for me, theatrical, well, I guess now we do a lot of self tapes, but for a long time you went in the room. You knew if it went well or not. If you got that like, thank you, that was great. It didn't go well or it didn't go well enough. But if they were, oh, you, yeah, no, come back four o'clock, call back, we like, the, like you can tell when, when something, something happens, happens in the room. room. With voiceover, it's always been recorded at home or recorded in the booth, <laughs> send it out. And the amount of times you hear something of any kind, of anything, unless you book it, is mm-hmm. so minuscule that you might not realize you are developing a relationship with a casting office or casting director and you're actually getting somewhere. You're not gonna know that until most likely the day it pays off. And that's a lot of trust. It's a lot of trust. And you know, even to go back to your point of on camera, I have to say I had to let go of that idea because there's some casting actors that they were like looking down like, oh, that was great, thank you. And then I was like, wow, thanks a lot for giving me any time of day. I literally have walked out the room. I'm going to go complain to my coach. Oh, I can't believe. As I'm complaining, I get a call. Yeah, can you come back this afternoon for another role? She wants to see you for another role. I was like, wow, okay, I totally misread that. And then there's been people like, Kritzia, we love you. That was so great. But I'm like, I'm getting a call back. And I hear crickets. So again, I try to not trust. I try to trust that I'm continuously, it's it's consistently doing good work, mm-hmm. you know, and and just letting it go. And like you said, voiceover, we get even less. You know, I just had a, a, a one of my students just texts me, he's like, okay, thank you so much for the coaching because I don't know what happened, but now they want to know if I have any weapons training or if I'm, you know, uh, can do mocap or anything like that. I was like, that's great. That's a good barometer. And I talk about that a lot of building your barometer. 
You know, I have some friends that think that they bomb every audition. I'm like, no, you didn't. I worked with you on it. You were freaking great. And then they end up booking it or getting callbacks. I'm like, you're an idiot. You need to just trust yourself. But again, it's just like trusting you that you bring in good stuff and letting it go. So, you know, it's interesting thinking of training in that paradigm, uh, you know, whether it's teaching or being in class, I feel like sometimes people wonder what it is that they're actually supposed to get out of it. Like, am I, am I supposed to, oftentimes I feel like if people don't think they have a new technique, like almost from the ground up or a new move that they haven't gotten something from a class. And I really think the purpose of class is to make sure you understand, like we said earlier, what is the Kritzia store offer? And if you haven't figured out what that thing is yet, that's what you are developing, honing, expanding, and making better in class is what does your store make? And then it doesn't mean you're going to book every audition when you get to that promised land. It just means you know what your store makes for that job opportunity. Exactly. And like how we do in class, right, on camera, you look at me and you say, you project, okay, you are this kind of person. You can play lawyers. You can play this. You, you already give us like from your peers and from your teachers you start getting an idea of what you, your essence brings out to the world. It's the same with voiceover. When you're in classes, when you've got somebody that's your teacher, your mentor, your peers is like, you know, you've got a voice that really can do this and do that. Oh, I didn't think about it that way. Or, you know, it's just starting to, to open up your palette, right? Oh, oh, wow. I didn't even know that I could use that color or that color or mix these two and create this shade that I didn't know was possible. So it's just expanding yourself, you know, and yes, building a foundation. Obviously there's a lot of technical jargon or, or little technique things, but a technique does not make a voiceover artist and a voiceover yeah. actor, keyword actor, artist, right? It's, it's not about getting it all right, you know, and perfect. Nobody want again, nobody wants that. Even our series nowadays, you know, in our, our um, I say Siri like Siri from Apple, not series like on a show. But you know what I mean? <laughs> like they want they want more I keep hearing like we want more of a her quality, Scarlett Johansson in the movie her, right? A little bit more real. They don't want that robotic you've got mail uh kind of situation. No, that's the voice I want. That's the I do love please. that voice though. I you've do got love mail. Him. You've got mail. Goodbye. Uh <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's learning all of that stuff so that I remember when I took those classes and I was able to do the job that I booked, I didn't feel like a complete outsider. I, I, I was like, okay, I know I, I'm familiar with this. I'm familiar with direction, what can come at me, how I can conduct myself as a professional, because they're also trusting you, you know, they're paying you money. They're spending time on you. They want to feel at ease. So that also helps me build my confidence, you know, going to these classes up so that I could feel like what I'm putting forth, even if I'm a newbie, I still feel confident in my abilities at that moment you know, to not shit the bed and know what I'm doing with the mic in front of me and what, oh, can you, do you like, do you like cans on or off? What the hell are cans? Oh yeah, I learned in class, they're headphones. Great, now I know, you know, I don't feel like an idiot. So really it's, yeah, it's all that. And it's like you said, finding your, what your store sells and also just feeling like a professional when you're in these realms. Let's do a bit of a lightning round. I'm going to throw a couple things at you and let's just see kind of first thing. Why is that because I'm talking too much? God, I talk too no, much. No, just because I like changing up the, the, the dynamic of it here every yeah, now and yeah. again. Um, uh, scale of like one, one to ten, ten, how, ten, how, how much, much the, the ten being a lot, one, one being not at all. How much do you write on your scripts? Eight. Eight. So lots of stuff seven, on there. Seven to how, seven, eight. eight. How, how long, long uh, should the average, average person, person who's new to voiceover train before they make a demo? Uh, if, if you're talking about, I would say two years, two years. Great. Um, okay. If, if you, you were, were just starting, starting out right, right now, now, you didn't know, you didn't know what, what class, class to take, take, 
what would you do to figure out the answer? What's the first class I should take? An intro, like a foundational class. Because even though you think you might know, oftentimes what I find is that uh, people will try to skip ahead and they're missing key components uh, that they did not have from their foundational class. What's one piece of mic technique that you had to learn that maybe took you a little bit? To master. I guess with my yeah with my new setup I've had to build a studio at home and my mic is uh, a particular mic it's very sensitive it's a very good mic but for my voice it, it works really well so I had to learn that I had to get really up close to it and uh, just start to kind of learn how that mic works uh, in for my voice uh, if, if you, you are ready, ready to get an, an agent yet, yet are there ways to work as a voiceover actor a hundred percent would that be like voices one, two, three, and websites like, if it's like that? Play, Craigslist. There are a ton of um, ton of options. Now they have Fiverr. I don't really care for Fiverr, but uh, if you want to get kind of your feet wet and kind of see what's out there, sure. If you're very new, I, I I always try to say you know know your worth, know your value, and that definitely devalues people and their work. But again, we all have to start somewhere. So I'm not opposed to it as long as you start getting your feet wet. Yeah. Okay, I like that. Um, video games, finding the, uh, do you need to play video games to do video games? No, uh, that was my fear because I had stopped playing video games and <laughs> you know, as an adult, uh, I hadn't played as much, but I have to say now I do play games again, not as often as I would like, but it does help with knowing technical terms, jargon, uh, kind of being in the world of it, especially when your fans start hitting you up you don't want to feel like a noob, which is one of the words that I have to learn. Uh, <laughs> noob with, with two zeros, by the way. But yeah, I, you know, I'm kind of a simple gamer. I've loved, I, I can play Mario Kart until the cows come home. And, you know, Nintendo's usually my, my jam. I love my Switch right now. But no, you do not have to be a gamer. You do have to be familiar with the worlds. You do have to be familiar with, just like we do with, on camera, with genres and tones. You do have to be familiar with stuff like that. Uh, what is really the difference between, and you might be hitting this already, but what is the difference between animation and interactive in terms of acting style? Just, uh, they're both rooted in truth. So sometimes people think that animation, you have to be bigger and that's not necessarily it. You just have to go further with your directions, way further, sharper turns. With interactive, it's a lot more cinematic, like I mentioned before, and just more realistic more like having a conversation and uh, being very aware of that, yeah. What are some tricks to things like um, sounds, whether it's laughter or like kicks, grunts, so much of it is like not dialogue. It's some of those things yes. that are between dialogue. Uh, uh, any any secrets, secrets to that, that kind of work? Absolutely, oftentimes when I coach, I notice people don't look at the white that's not don't have words on it on a page you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. so even like we do again a lot of similarities with on camera it's just you only have your voice so you have to i call it color the world a lot more vividly your imagination needs to be on point because you're even when you book it you're within four walls you know and so you have to imagine really have your imagination unleashed on top of that uh there's so those are called efforts those grunts mm -hmm. those <laughs> getting punched like ugh right? Getting the wind knocked out of you, oh, stuff like that. So there's, you have to know what all of that feels like. I usually come out of those sessions feeling like I did ab work because a lot of it, you have to just be <laughs> very aware of how you're using your diaphragm, your, 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 you know, your chest, your stomach, all of that. And you have to 
believe it. A lot of people I see that they kind of restrain themselves because they're like, oh, I, you know, I'm not going all the way. Why wouldn't you go all the way? If I got punched, if I got shot at, if I got sliced, like, ah, I'd have to go all the way with that because if not, it's, I don't sell it. It's not believable. So oftentimes, I would say 95% of the times when I'm coaching people, they miss, it's like mining a script, right? We're, we're looking for the nuggets. We're looking for the gems. We're looking for jokes if we're doing comedy. And you have to do that with interactive and with animation. There is so much to the script that you could color, color the world. Can you give an example of what it means? Can you, do you remember like a moment of dialogue or, 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 or some sides that you got where maybe the dialogue was really clear what it was, but you found some texture and some color in that white space that you brought to life? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, okay, I can think of, I guess the one that just popped into my head um, was, you know, one of the episodes that I did for Boss Baby, they're about to give me some really bad news, right? And I'm here like, okay, guys, what's going on? And they say in the stage directions, you know, that they are putting pillows around me, that they're fluffing me up, you know? <laughs> and I don't say anything. My next line is like, all right, what's broken in the house, right? So I could have just gone into my line, but I choose to talk about, uh, oh, sorry, hold on. My Zoom just went out because somebody tried to call me. Don't call me right now, jerks. Okay, great. Uh, so so they, um, I took the moment of being fluffed in, the pillows around me, and I was like, oh, okay. Or this is kind of nice, you know, kind of ideal. Like, oh, it, it, should I be worried about what's broken in the house? Like maybe I get distracted from me feeling the comfort of the pillows around me. Like, oh, oh, wait, should I be worried about what's broken in the house, right? So I, 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 I use my surroundings, my environment to fuel the next line, to react into my next line. You know, it's so not it brings just... some of the thinking, just manifesting it. What do you mean? Can... So you might be, th the, the, as they're putting pillows around you, you might think in your head without talking, you might think, oh, this is weird, or this is very nice, or whatnot. And it's actually bringing those things to the surface and exactly. actually giving some voice to it, putting some decibels behind, making those things tangible. Rather, that threading that we often talk about in oh, on yeah. camera, where we want so much of it to be off the dialogue and in your eyes and yes. seeing your thinking. We want to hear your thinking now. Is kind we of want related. exactly that, Brian. We want to hear your thinking. If, if uh, what was it the other day? I forgot. Uh, oh, yeah. Somebody that had in the sides and there was like a his ex-wife slammed the door and he goes off to his, his daughter's like, so what would you like to do today? Right? And he, he had a good approach to it. So what would you like to do today? But I was like, but can you feel what that feels like to, for somebody to slam the door that hard? Like, Ugh. and then you kind of ground yourself. What would you like to do today? You're kind of steadying yourself, trying to get to, you know, trying to be distracted by it. Again, all of that matters. And when people, you have to think about it from the casting director, but even the clients, right? They're hearing 50 to 100 auditions nonstop. And oftentimes they don't get past five to 10 seconds of your audition. Because if they see that you have not, opened up that world to them, they're not gonna, con they're, they're not gonna continue hearing it. So I, from the get-go, I usually come in with like a something, like a moment before, but you have to audibly hear it because you don't do have you, the eyes. Do you use lead-ins? Do you give yourself something like kind of out loud? crazy, yes, all the so time. So I'm just using that term, teach, tell people, what is a lead-in, how do you use it? When is it appropriate? Okay. So a lead-in can be uh, words or a physicality that helps you. I kind of talk about it like you can dip your toes in the pool, right? Like let's say your pool is the line, right? The line okay. of what you have to say, right? So you can safely get in from the stairs, you know, and you could say the line fine and well, you're in the pool, right? But 
if you make a splash, if you go from a diving board and you jump off the diving board into the pool, you make a serious splash. That is what I feel like what happens when I do lead-ins or when I coach do, to do lead-ins because that gives me a jumping off point. You know, and then the beauty about what we do with voiceover, you can edit those out. I sometimes have a lead-in before every line. It just helps me. Or even if it's an, an, um, a non-verbal lead-in, like a, uh, okay, what do you want me to do now? You know, they didn't So put, a lead-in is some vocally, is some vocal something that is basically your, your tangible moment before. It might be dialogue, yeah. it might actually be words, but it might be a, a breath. breath, it, it might, might be- A uh, false start. A, a sound, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it might be, so be a sound. Things. Sometimes I leave it in depending on the piece, depending on what I'm working on, or sometimes I remove them, especially if there's a lot of them. But I'll tell you what, people are always so scared of them and they're like, but you don't do that at jobs, right? You don't do that when you book. I'm like, look, they booked me, right? They're gonna get the Critzia store, the Critzia show. And oftentimes I cannot tell you, even for commercials, I will do lead-ins because commercials do not sound natural. So I have to do something in order to make them sound natural. And I'm really good at leaving a little edit point right in between. But Can you I, give us an example of what one of these might sound like? I, I do curse a lot. They usually tend to like those. I mean, I do, they laugh, so I always <laughs> think it's good. But like, you know, like with the Ford F-150 where I had to be here and I had to, you know, talk about, you know, the car. I'm like, well, shit. I don't know. I like my truck. <laughs> right? She's kind of got this attitude. Well, and the, I don't know. I, I like, like my truck. Yeah, 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 right. So it's just, it just gives you, and, and what happens? Okay, I edit them out. And when I'm with the engineer, they edit them out. And then they get some really cool textured, living dialogue that's not just I'm jumping in because I like my truck. Okay, ew, right? I, I had a little bit more to say or do when I'm like- I like my truck. I am Mr. American. <laughs> yeah. Please exactly. buy, buy, buy. Yeah. Hey, you know what? That's a cool character too. But if you gr are grounded in truth, that could sing. That could No, sing. I feel like that character is like a broken animatronic thing that's come to life somehow. And it's like, I, mean, I don't Warburton, actually work. <laughs> Patrick Warburton made a huge living off that voice. Oh my God another great uh, oh, what are some tips we brought up engineers just now what are some tips about working well with an engineer because i know the first Ooh. time i showed up i was like oh we have like a working relationship this is almost like co-pilots we have different machinery, but like we're in this together and I've never met someone like you. I don't understand what your responsibilities are, nor do I know what I can do to make your life better or if I'm making it worse. I've, I've learned, learned a long way, way, but that, that was, was, a, that was a, scary a scary thing for me. For me. So, so what, what, what have you, you learned, learned about how to be a good uh, actor to work with an engineer? Oh my gosh, I love that you mentioned them. They definitely need to get a lot of attention and praise because they're usually the unsung heroes. They're quiet, they're manning the computers, the knobs, the switches, all of that, but they appreciate them. Some people I see that they kind of take them, you know, advantage of them somehow. I'm like, guys, no. Uh, they, they have their work cut out for them. The way that I make it easier for them is, well, for example, you know, just know the basics. So they're going to ask you for levels when you start. And a level is basically start saying your words, your line in your copy, and they're going to adjust the audio levels to make sure that you sound as great as possible for their clients. You're going to say something? Well, what I was going to make sure to say is if you do a level check, actually do it at the level your spot right. is. So often when people do their level check, they're like, oh yeah, okay, sure. Test one, one, two, three. No, Test, no, no. Do the fucking spot. That's do what the spot. Do yeah. the spot in exactly how you intend to do it. In fact, great. You get to read it out loud and maybe, you know, they hear something like, oh, that was great actually for your levels. Like keep doing that. Or, you know what? We kind of are looking for this difference. Great. 
do your spot exactly how you're going to do it. Well, you know, well said for your levels. Great. So now you have your levels. I mean, there's some obvious, but you know, I don't, I, you know, common sense is not common. It's a really dumb way to say that (laughs) word, but just to put it out there, guys, don't cough, sneeze, uh, do anything towards the mic unless it's actually in the copy. But even then you kind of turn a little bit off access, but don't do that into the mic. You know, that that's pretty uh, jarring to the poor engineers and the way that they have their levels set up. But yeah, you just, you know, they, they make it easy for you. They follow, you know, you just uh, hear them out if they need for you to step away from the mic a little bit or, hey, can you take a sip of water? You're just sounding a little, you know, clacky. You know, sometimes there's like a, you know, the, oh God, don't we love that? That's awful. God, that's awful. Yeah, it drives me banana pants. That was Critzia, but- everybody. That was not me. That was Critzia. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah, it like, was. For everyone who's really upset about that in their cars <laughs> right now or hiking Runyon, and they're like, oh, God, I did not sign up for like ASMR bullshit right Ooh. now. Also, a little tip. If you do sound like that in your auditions, take a bite out of a green apple, have some apple juice or some pineapple juice or a bite of a pineapple because that the acidity in that, the tartness helps to uh, regain your pH balance and you get rid of that flemmy clacky sound i remember the first big job that i did like like where i got to go to a studio i just thought that the main engineer had just like a real thing for green apples i just didn't get it because like the studio is known for doing garfield and so there was garfield everywhere and there was garfield and there was green apples and i was like like, oh there must be like a it's like, are they the are they the studio for Mots or something? Or is like, is Granny <laughs> Smith coming in to like do a spot here? It's like, oh no no, that's just that's just you you just use that to yeah. That's what pro- professionals fucking know that, Brian. Oh, I, I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning on the job. Thank you, thank you. Exactly. We all I did a lot of learning on the job. That's for sure. That's for sure. You know, and that's the thing. Just ha- be in the spirit of always learning, growing, and um, definitely don't act like a know it all, even if you do know a lot. I have seen people shoot themselves in the foot. I have seen huge working actors in their time, like voices of trailers, like made a lot of money and they weren't able to learn the trends. That's why I always tell people like, look, whoever you guys study with, make sure they're a working actor now, like now, because then they are in the thick of it. They know what the trends are, what is working, what is not working. If you have somebody that's been stuck in the 90s, dude, no, like that you can't, you can't do that. Like it has to be, it has to be current. One more break to talk about Kritzia's new voiceover classes, voiceover.camp. She's got workshops, workouts, private coaching, and all the rates. Uh, guys, they are way, way better than everything else that's out there. Um, I've shopped around on this stuff. Kritzia knows her shit, and she's offering it uh, too cheap, so take advantage of that. Um, also, tell her that you heard about her on Industry Town, and she will give you half off a workout session. So grab that half off workout. Uh, just tell her you listen to Industry Town. Okay, back to Kritzia. Speaking of current working people who are teaching, you just launched voiceover.camp, right? Is God, that who is, am I? What I know. I, who are you? What is that? What was Damn. I thinking? What is that? What is that, Kritzia? <laughs> tell the audience what they want to know. I'll tell you, Brian. Thanks for asking. You know, mental health, mental health is a big thing. And uh, I just noticed I did have my down moments, but then I started to create. And creating for me, I always got mad at myself because I'm like, why am I not creating a short film? Why am I? Not? But what happened was, you know, sometimes things just happen because it's been brought to your attention. So I became the voiceover girl because obviously nobody was shooting anything, no on camera stuff was happening, and everybody was 
frantically putting together, myself included, a studio at home and trying to figure out what their at-home situation was like and how to continue making money. I got inundated with requests and my usual once a week lunches that I would do is like, how do I get into voiceover? I couldn't do it anymore. You know, I just couldn't do it anymore. And uh, I have a lot to share and I enjoy sharing it. I just noticed that I couldn't do it on a one-on-one basis. I was like, how can I create something? And one of my girlfriends, actually, you know her, Sarah Levy. Oh yeah, absolutely. Shout out to Sarah Levy. Yeah. yeah, gosh, I love her so much. Anyways, I was working with her on some voiceover auditions and she just kept at it. Like, Chrissia, you need to teach a class. You need to teach a class. You need to. I'm like, I don't know, girl. Like, I don't know if I have, I, I wouldn't know what to do. Blah, blah. But she was like the big impetus of that and a really big encourager. And it started to just mull over in my head. And then I just started to think about it and created voiceover camp. And so I wanted to make it approachable. I wanted to make it fun. I wanted to make it uh, a lot of times and, you know, hey, to each their own. And there's been so many wonderful resources out there, but they tended, for my taste, be a little stuffy or be a little um, kind of at a grade that was like so professional that it was almost unattainable or not, you know. So I was like, you know me, Brian, you know what my, my whole prerogative in life is just to have fun. So I was like, I just want to make this fun. I want people to enjoy it, have fun learning, you know? So that's why I did the whole camp thing and all camp. So just to be clear, these are online over zoom voiceover classes that people can take right now to get what they can, you can sign up right now. And where do they go to sign up? Where do they go? Okay. So there's a www.voiceover.camp. So I got the voiceover.camp. Voiceover.camp. And what kind of classes are you offering right now? So uh, my intros, I do a basic foundational one. They're all two hours. I don't like to keep people on a computer longer than two hours. So I do the intro classes. I do several of those a month. Every about month, month and a half, I'm doing a three-week commercial intensive. So it's like trekking through the commercial trail because, you know, you got to keep it all camp-like. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's got a theme. It's got a theme. <laughs> it's got a theme, you guys. Uh and, and I love camping. So I was like, I had to merge my two loves. And uh, so that's really great because we get into three weeks. I noticed I did, I did a trial of like a one day uh, commercial class. I had way too much information. I was like, I can't do this. I've got to expand it. So we did yeah. the three weeker. Yeah. So we're doing that. I'm currently putting together an animation class. Let's see how that goes. That's a tricky one. And also uh, an interactive one. We've got demo prep. Uh, my, my other counselor is Scott Holst, who I talked about. He's the guy that taught me and my mentor. So he was a, wanting to work with me on this. I was like, wow, that's a full circle. Amazing moment for me. Yeah, and that's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. So he is co-teaching. I know. Thank you. He's teaching the commercial class, co-teaching it with me. And he's got his own stuff. He coaches as well. And right now, yeah, I'm starting to put together like my friends, like you and and there's people I want to do like individual workshops. uh, Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, workout groups. So like I learned myself, Mm -hmm. I do a workout group twice every two weeks. So I've got those for people to just jump in and let's work on either material you want, or I've got a library of things and you can choose from the emails that I sent, you know, the the, the files that I sent. And it doesn't matter whether they're experienced or unexperienced in the world of voiceover in terms of starting to work with you. Oh my gosh, no. That's why I'd say just uh, the the intro. I've had so, you know what's been really fun, Brian? I'm getting such a wonderful, eclectic group of people. It's been a blast. I'm getting a lot of people from the advertising world and they bring in such great uh, of their own expertise. Like they have such a great insight from that side. And so I love having them. I have pretty much at least one person in advertising in every class that I do. So it's really been interesting. Yeah, because they get excited. They do a lot of scratch tracks. 
back, right? In their, in their uh-huh. um, companies. And they're like, wait a minute, I kind of like this. I want to do this more. So then they'll jump in. I've had a data scientist. I've had a rapper. I've had uh, actresses, musicians, actors, uh, writers. I have a writer on Viva right now that's taking the courses. Amazing. Uh, yeah, it's, I'm just floored right now with the kind of um, feedback I'm getting and the kind of people that are joining in. It's from all levels. It really is. And you just get placed. It's kind of like choose your adventure. Choose what you want to you know, get into. I just do recommend the intro. I made it ridiculously affordable so anybody can jump in and it's called feed your cur- curiosity. So it's like if you've been slightly curious, just go feed it, you know? Um, it. Yeah, so that's what I got going on right now. That's pretty exciting. Um, I love that you're building this and I love that you're doing this. Um, My hope hope is that that people who listen to this right now uh, call you and sign up because I know that 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 is a question question that I get a lot because people know that I have a background in voiceover and voiceover is a really wonderful place in my heart, but it also wasn't, hasn't been the primary focus. A lot of my teaching and stuff has been on camera and it's nice to know that I've got an amazing friend to be able to refer people to. Yeah, yeah. I do want to ask you a little bit more, uh, a few more voiceover questions. I know I've kept you a little bit longer than I said. I'm going to be selfish with your time. Um, how much marketing do you do? Oh my gosh, that's been a whole new thing for me right now. Goodness, thank God I have a husband who works in the ad world and he knows about marketing really well and design. He's got such a crazy eye. If it wasn't for him, it would not be where it is, but we have... So we created an Instagram page and obviously we have a certain look, we have an aesthetic. I wanted to make sure that we kind of adhere to that. And again, with the whole ethos of make it fun, make it approachable, uh, my testimonials, I have, you know, Sarah and a bunch of other people. Go ahead. Well, you're talking voiceover camp right now. Oh. I've seen some of that stuff, but I'm actually asking for you oh, as a voiceover actress, as a oh, person, okay. as a, how much do you market to um to casting how much is there any or is it all done in the work and by showing up i'll be honest and look hey it's different for everybody okay my situation right now i have a fantastic agent um and i have a voiceover manager they keep me plenty busy so for me exactly like you said it's in the work he pitches they pitch um they get me you know what i need to get to and that's how they keep me busy. I, I honestly, if I if I ever had a dip, and I really thought that during this time I would have more of a dip, but it's been pretty crazy. Uh, but if I do, there are so many other agents all over the U.S. I, ha- I know a lot of friends that have agents all throughout the U.S., even globally. So that's a wonderful way to have more work coming your way. Uh, but no, I don't do much marketing. I have a great website that I have everything there. I just make sure to have like during this time before I got really busy, there was like, I think April where they were not sure what was going on. And so production hadn't really started up yet. I redid all of my reels, all my demos. Good That's for you. Big. What and, a good use of the time. I had to, you know, cause I was like, what, what, what time like the present? So I redid my whole website and then I got really specific with my demo. So I have um, a regular English commercial demo. I have a Spanish commercial demo. I have a promo demo. I have an interactive demo and then I have an animation demo. And then I got a visual demo. So it's like a video game visual demo. So this guy who's amazing, Jordan Reynolds, he makes you look so badass. I was like, who is this chick? That's me. What the fuck? Like he, dude, he's so good. He puts like, he takes all of your work. He sources them from the internet and and brings up the quality. So like, I just, it's all my characters put into like a five minute 
trailer kind of like, you know, like a real, like we do, we would have for on camera, mm -hmm. but he puts it together. So I just have all that. That's really my marketing tools. And I just give them to my reps and let them go crazy. Do what they do. What about networking? How much do you kind of consciously network in the voiceover world? Now, part of it, you already have talked about, you've talked about uh, voiceover workout groups. That's, That's a form of networking. networking. But if people want to feel like a part of this world, obviously COVID is a, is a, real thing right now, but were the world more normal? Um, what kind of networking did you do either now or kind of when you were getting started to introduce yourself to the community and feel like a part of it? Oh, okay. When I wasn't working, well, yes, definitely the workout groups helped a lot because people start to see your work. And if they have representation, they'll walk you into their representation. So that's always been the best way. I always like referrals. Mm -hmm. I want people that, that respect my work and that think that, the, you know, and I, my friends are all really honest. So I would always be like, I have no problem if you think I'm not ready. Um, that's a big one. If you're not ready, don't do it, you know, and, and heed people that are, that are doing it, heed their advice. But yeah, I started to do that. You know, it's funny how I got my first um, voiceover rep, which was Dean, who I'm still with, but he was at Abrams at the time. And Mark Measures was heading it up. And I remember he was on Twitter and I would follow him on Twitter. He would always give out like voiceover advice, but he, I mean, his own bio said one asshole's opinion. So I knew he was a tough cookie. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm just like, oh boy. All right, great. So I just kept following his stuff. And every once in a while he would give out meetings and so I just kind of stayed, um, oh God, I hear the word in Spanish, pendiente. How do I say this in English? I'd stayed uh, on the, I don't know, I guess paying attention, paying attention to when he would give them out. And he did like a holiday thing was like, hey, if you help one of my followers out by walking them into one of your agencies or something. So I was like, oh, sure. My commercial reps, I'll do that if I can get a meeting with you. So he's like, and then you get a meeting with him. It's like, perfect. So I got a meeting with him, but I was prepared. You know, I had taken my courses, I had my demo, I had stuff ready to go. And I mean, I have the added bonus that I speak another language. So when, when I get there, that was one of a great, that was a great lesson in knowing your power and your value because I, I get to the office and he's like this arms crossed kind of back, like, Oh, great. Who's this actor? You know, who's going to waste my time really, you know, jerk face, uh, jerk look on his face. But I was like, you know what? I'm not making myself less than just because you're, uh, being this way. So I came in my usual bubbly self, my usual, you know, kind of thing. I had all the stuff I, and he, you could see him starting like that mask started to kind of have cracks in it kind of melt away. And he's like, Oh, wow. Okay. You've got your shit together. Oh, wow. And you speak in a language. Oh, okay. Wow. You're, you're on top of your, your stuff. Okay, great. So he doesn't really say much, but I could see him opening up and he goes, uh, wait right here. I'm like, all right. I don't know what the heck he's going to do. So he goes in and gets the other three agents to meet me. And I was like, okay, well, that's obviously a good sign. So they come in and that's where I met Dean and we start talking and he didn't say anything. He's like, all right, great. It was great meeting. I'm like, all right, great. I didn't hear anything. <laughs> the next day I get an audition and I hit him up. I was like, Hey, I just got an audition from your office. What is this? Is, am I in? Is this a trial? I was like, no, you're in. We're signing you. I was like, oh, wow. Your communication is stellar, but thank you. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Give them a note right off the bat. Like you that. know? Yeah. But, and I was like, amazing. And so Dean really took me under his wing. And that's why I told him, I, I don't care where you are, where you go. I will follow you. That sounds like a song, but it's true. Um, <laughs> because he really took the time in, again, grooming me for greatness in this. Like pushing me to my limits. Like really calling me out of my bullshit, Kritia, that sounds predictable. Or like, why are you honoring the grammar, like the punctuation so much? Make it your own, do this, do that, you're bullshit. I can hear you, you're lying. So like some, he just 
you know, and I like that personally. I like to learn like, like don't sugarcoat it. Just tell me what I got to do. And I let me, so you would send it an audition and he would listen pretty consistently and get back to you with notes. No, at that time, I mean, I just got a booth. So I would never until this whole pandemic, I would never audition from home unless it was an emergency or from my car. And I had have, have my little sure mic for my car. I would always go into the studio. To me, that was super valuable. I would take the time to do that because I wanted direction right away. I wanted the booth director to give me feedback. I wanted to feel like, and sometimes Dean, cause their office is right there. So he would see me every day. They would see me every day. And I wanted to be in their face. That's something my so grandfather that's always kind taught of me. Your, that's your marketing. That's we were saying we yeah. didn't do a ton of it. That actually is the marketing. I mean, well, I don't do a ton to, of it now, but, but that, as a to start. To build your career, yeah. Actually, yeah. So I always tell people with agencies that have booths, obviously we're in a different time right now, but should they ever open up again, I highly recommend, I know that it is an inconvenience to go in so often, but to me that was really, really helpful, um, integral to like, because Dean would come in, he's like, hey, this is a big one and I want to make sure you get it right. So he'd come in and do the audition. He's like, all right, good. That was what good. Was your commute? What was your commute to get there? What kind of commitment are you making? On a good day, 20 minutes, 25 to 30 with a little bit more. And on the way back, sometimes a long time. Sometimes I'd be in the car for 45 minutes, but hey, that's why we have podcasts, right? Right. Yeah, right. I learned a lot. I've started to listen to a lot of voiceover podcasts because, you know, even though I have a, you know, really fun on-camera career and I still learned that it's, I kind of supplemented it with like, okay, this is the world that I'm making money in. Let me learn about this. Let me really, um... One thing that I like is just how much I feel like you are demonstrating through action that's worked for you that when people want to get involved in this, I think that they're, they, I worry that people just want to take a class, make a demo and think that's going to be it. And that happens what I'm hearing time. is how much a part of your life this became to really make this happen. You're saying almost every day you're in the car spending around an hour driving back and forth to choose to get uh, constructive criticism on your work. You are adding extra classes. You are adding workout groups. You are listening to extra podcasts. You are figuring out what kind of equipment you need. This is a... It is, it's a thing that um, that many actors have the ability to do, and I think it's a beautiful thing to do, but if you do it, you gotta, you gotta really go whole hog or, or it's, don't. I, I say it's not a hobby. You know, this is, this, this makes people's lives. This has helped me become financially independent. I, 10, 11 years ago was when I became a fully working actor, not needing my other 20 million side gigs that I would have. That's all that I have done for 11 years. And that is huge to me. And, and voiceover helped me get there. So it's like, why not show it the same respect and the love that it's given me and keep getting better and give it and honor it in a way that's, I'm like, you know, following legends. Like I see there's people that I have in, that I look up to like the Deborah Wilson's of the world, the Fred Tattashores, you know, that I'm just like, wow, look, look at their careers. And I want careers like that. For me personally, I still, you know, voiceover gave me the freedom in my on-camera life. I booked more on-camera stuff with voiceover being my thing, if that makes any sense. Oh yeah especially in the last couple of years when I've really been kind of soaring with it. I have no desperation when I come into the on-camera auditions. Uh, I come in knowing that I'm good. I don't need this job. A, it would be awesome. And I love obviously working on camera, but like I've got my bills met. I, 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 have, I have a savings. I'm okay. I will be okay. So I come in again with that. This is the Critzia store. If you want to buy it, great. And let me tell you that attitude is super attractive, obviously. You know, so yeah, you're, you're emphatically shaking your head because it's yep. true. And my work now I'm working, you know, I mean, it's just really a bummer because right before all this shut down, I was like, I got offered a role on a pilot. I was like, what, what, what? 
but you know it. what? It's so okay. In, in, oh, that'll in, come. That'll come. Cubanese, we, we say, um, lo que está para ti, nadie te lo quita. What's meant for you, nobody can take away. And so I just trust that if it comes back around, it'll come back around and, um, you know, keep moving forward. So I have a couple last questions for you, but I feel like it's going to be time to wrap it up relatively okay. soon, but I want a couple more. One of the things I asked you in the lightning round was, uh, how much do you write on your script? And you said a seven or an eight. You said a mm-hmm. fair amount. So what kind of stuff is on that script and uh, how much are you using it during the actual session versus just note taking during preparation? Oh, I use it in the session. I use it a lot. So I coach a lot, especially on my big stuff. I coach on stuff that I have booked uh, I actually coach on everything on camera and voiceover of things that I book. I coach because I want to make sure that I have uh, different ideas, especially voiceover. Voiceover, they will ask for um, a plenty different ways that you can approach this character, that you can approach this uh, you know, world. So I like to come in prepared. Like I have some ideas, but I love collaborating with my coach and he'll be like, oh, you know what? There's also this. You can improvise with this line. You can do that. So that opens me up more. I write all that down. There's also, like I said, in the white of all the black print, you can, you know, there's stuff that's like, oh man, I can inhalations, exhalations, false starts, being in the moment, all of that is really important. So I I kind of like, I have my shorthand obviously now, but there's like a squiggly line if I'm like, discover this in the moment. Just because the words are written out doesn't mean that you say them like they're at the top of your mind. You have to be a real person. And sometimes you have to look for the word, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) See what I did there? So, you know, (laughs) so they're not going to put on the the page, (sighs) taking a deep breath in and trying to find the word. But I, as an actor, have to find that for myself. So oftentimes I will add arrows, lines, underline certain things that I want to make sure to compare and contrast. Um, Certain things that I want to react to that is not my line. Like if you say a line, I will make sure to underline a certain thing that I'll have to (gasps) gasp, even though it doesn't tell me to gasp, but I'll do it. I can't tell you how many times I'll, I'll do a job and I'm like, hey, I just thought maybe you would need this for Walla, like in the background, if like, if I react to this, do you guys want that? They're like, oh, that's a great idea. Yes, please actually do that. And I'll, it's like, wow, this girl is thinking, you know, she's giving us stuff. Like she's not coming in with just the bare minimum, the 13 pieces of flair. I'm giving you the 37 pieces of flair <laughs> for those office space uh, fans would know. I that's love it. Bad. I love it. <laughs> but it's basically not doing the bare minimum, right? I want to be working. I want to be consistently. So that I have a lot of what I call return customers, these directors that I work with time and time again, because they know what I bring to the table and how I make their lives easier. Their job, I just want to make everybody's life easier and come in with fun stuff and make you laugh. Like, great, then we're good, right? So that's kind of the attitude that I like to have on it. But like you were saying, so the notes on my page, I just make sure to highlight things, you know, not just your simple lines, highlighting the lines, things that I might miss when I'm working and we're working pretty quickly. So I'll make sure to have stuff that want to pop out to me. Like, all right, this moment. Okay, for example, there's choreography sometimes in efforts. So sometimes in an animated script, a lot's gonna happen, right? There'll be, uh, I'll see something here and it'll take me by surprise. <gasps> oh my God. And then I'll be freaking out about something. God knows what, right? Yeah. So they're not gonna go line by line. Hey, you gotta do this, you gotta do that. But me, if I'm gonna look at it like a detective, okay, there's four beats here. So I have to honor these four beats. What am I doing here? What am I doing there, there and there? And then I go into my line. You get me? So I'm like looking at it fully. I'm mining everything that I can. And you know what? I had to do that to compete with these people that are on an insane level, that they work all the time. They've been working for years and they take all the jobs and deservedly so because they're 
phenoms. They're amazing. So if I had to get to that level, I had to, you got to really do your work. You got to work. And that's what I'm saying. If you don't really enjoy this, if this is not fun for you, don't do it. There's so many other ways to make money that, um, you know, you, you, you can make money and not do this kind of work. But if you love it and you enjoy it and this brings you joy, cool, man, then just go all in, go all in. And go to voiceover.camp and start learning. There you go. I love See, it. it does come full circle. I want to ask Thank one you. last thing. I want to ask one last mm. thing. Um, can you tell me the story of how you booked The Sims and can you do oh. the story entirely in Sim Simglish? Can we pause for a second? Yes. This is going to be worth it, I promise. <laughs> we got the Sim Bible out. Sol Sol Ibanor, Yafispar Niborf, Yavoy Hanrum Ploim, Lire Yabahorm One Brop, Eganarsh Splorab, Polonide Yanisej, Lankas Maibuf, Oin Badenka Fenuzuk, Zomboom. And that's the story about how I booked The Sims. <laughs> Tell me, now translate that for me. That was incredible. That, that was phenomenal. <laughs> that binder was gigantic. Yeah, well, it's been eight years since I've been a Sim. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot, there's a lot to hold on to. But uh, yeah, so I said, hello, Brian. Uh, so how I did it is one of my first interactive auditions. And thankfully I have an uh, improv background. I took, you know, UCB, Second City, all that fun stuff, the groundlings. So I've always been very comfortable with flying, you know, off, you know, well, what did I tell you right before we wrote this? Flying by the seat of our pants. Yep, oh yeah. Yep, so I've always been very comfortable doing that. And obviously it worked to my favor for this because they show you like an animatic, which is uh, basically a little video of the animation and what it's doing. And so they were like, okay, great. So you're just gonna improvise sounds and words that don't mean anything in the English language or really any language. Uh, so I, and they gave me a couple words to play with, but not a lot. And I just kind of made stuff up. And I remember one of them was a woman, a female sim kind of looking in the mirror and she's like checking herself out and feeling very confident. It's like, oh, <laughs> Ubite Defuni, Panadiola. Yeah, so stuff like that. So, and then there would be like angry. So I could say the same words, be like, oh, Ubite Defuni, Panadiola. Right? So I could like. <laughs> I love it. This is my favorite thing all weekend. <laughs> I do love it. Sims have been so fun in the Sims fandom. They're amazing. They're such a blast. And I just love, love being part of that world. But yeah, it was that one going back to the audition process. I had a callback and then I had. Uh, I, I remember call back at a studio in Burbank and then we, they flew us because we have to do this in EA, uh, Electronic mm -hmm. Arts over in Redwood City. So it's in the Bay Area. So they flew us there as a demo session. Cause so, hey, little uh, known fact here. So it's oftentimes too with the demo, like they also want to make sure you're not nuts. Often, <laughs> like to be completely honest, which they do with tests too often. You know what I'm saying? Like they think about this. I have been working with the Sims for eight years. They have to know that the people that they're investing time in is not going to make their world a living hell for eight years. So they want to make sure that you're malleable, you're fun to work with, you're easygoing, you're not going to make it more difficult for them. And so that was a big one too. So yeah, we did a test. They kind of ran me through all the sim stuff and uh, yeah, ended up booking it. It was so, awesome. and you still do this job regularly? Has it wrapped up yet? Is it forever? No. <laughs> is it for the rest of your life? Oh my gosh, I hope so. I hope I get to be an old granny sim. So, so, paradiola. Um, <laughs> I hope so because um, I just did a session in my booth. So we're still working, you know, uh, but 
that it's been the longest running Sims uh, franchise. I guess the four like has been the longest one. So we've been ridiculously lucky. The the six of us who have remained on it uh, have been working for this whole time. And right now, knock on wood, it doesn't seem to be slowing down. I don't like to expect anything from the entertainment world uh, and the industry because I don't like to be disappointed. And I like to always be pleasantly surprised. So even when we were on strike, you know, for the video game strike, mm -hmm. I thought I had lost it forever and I made my peace with it. And I was like, well, they're going to have to get, you know, people that are non-union and it is what it is. And then they came back after the strike was done. They waited a whole year and then we got back and I was like, wow. So I was pleasantly surprised where some of my Sims uh, coworkers were really freaking. I was like, Hey man, we had a good run, dude. Like you just got to let it go. But I like to expect nothing and be pleasantly surprised with life basically. That's a pretty, pretty good motto. motto. Um, I realize I have one sneaky last question. What Ooh. is a piece of equipment that you uh, just, is there anything that you, it could be software, it could be uh, an accessory or anything, but you that you just think has made your recording experience just infinitely better? Mm. Gosh, can I just say my booth? Sure, but tell us about it. Okay, so my booth's name is Falcor. If any of you guys know uh, Never Ending Story. Mm -hmm. So Falcor was the big white dog and I call it Falcor because it's big, it's white, and it's taking me places. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's I amazing how you do a lot of dad jokes. It's like, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing coming out of dad. you. It's, my yeah. dad is such a dad and I love him so much, but he does so many dad jokes. And I just, I obviously, you know, took them. Yes, I, I inherited his dad jokes. But anyway, so this booth has been a game changer for me. My goodness, it's from Studio Bricks and they're a company out of Spain. And then they send them over to New York and they send them over to me. But it's like, almost like an Ikea set. So it, it, it can, you can put it together yourself. Like you can, it's got like, sla uh, what do you call them? Like like um, pegs and all, you know, all that kind of setup. And it comes already, the door, it's like a 120 pound door. It's like triple walled. The, the walls are double insulated. Oh, Dude, it's crazy. I do sessions and I cannot believe the beauty of the soundproofing that this has. I mean, it's not perfect because I don't have a full studio. You know, I'm still here in my place, but it is damn near perfect. That's pretty great. That is pretty awesome. I love my Falcor. Um, Kritzia, this has been awesome. Is is there any last stuff that you have to plug? We've got voiceover.camp. Check that yeah. stuff out. Uh, anything, uh, any commercials playing right now? Uh, obviously, check out The Sims 4. Yeah. And get involved. Anything else to plug? Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, there's commercials popping around. Um, I can't remember right now which ones. I guess my Ford F-150 and maybe a Coke one is still happening with Martin Scorsese. And that's on camera, though. With Martin Ooh. Scorsese and Jonah Hill, that was my Super Bowl commercial. But, uh... That one might be rolling around. I'm not sure. But video games, there's been fun ones. I'm on The Last of Us 2. Um, there's a couple of great games that I wish I could talk about right now. And they're going to be released later this year or early next year. But yeah, Remnant from the Ashes, uh, Sims 4. I'm in Fire Emblem Heroes, which is a lot of fun. League of Legends. Uh, yeah. There's when a does Boss Baby come out? Well, who can plan anything anymore, Brian? But next year so it wasn't all the way recorded yet you guys need to do no it we're still i have a session in next wednesday so we're still developing okay. the series this uh, the season okay awesome yeah well Chris, yeah. Yeah, this has been amazing if anyone wants to get in touch with you over like instagram or something like that what is the is there a yeah. best place what's your what's your handle so voiceover camp has at voiceover camp and then me personally i'm at kritzer k-r-i-t-z-e-r kritzer 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much. We might Thanks, have to do Brian. this again this sometime. Wasn't this awesome? Thank you so much for all of your like fucking accrued wisdom and charm. It's always. Can you tell that I love you. talking about this stuff? Not even a little bit. I Not know. Even it's a terrible. little bit. I should just shut up now. Um, but yeah, I hope when this is over to actually see your face in person and see your wonderful husband and hopefully we can all get back field. on a softball field sometime yeah, soon. Yeah, baby! Yeah, it's yeah. coming. Okay, well, much love to you guys. Continue to stay safe. Thank you. And uh, we'll talk again soon. And that's it for today's episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you to our newest sponsor, The Headshot Truck, and presenting sponsors, John Rosenfeld Studios and Actor Salon. Thank you to Critzia. Um, check back over the next few uh, weeks for more episodes on the world of voiceover. If you have any voiceover-related questions or things that you really want, maybe a whole episode dedicated to, uh, reach out. Let me know. Uh, email's really great. Industrytownpodcast at gmail.com or you can message me on the social media places at Industrytownpodcast and then there's my own personal Instagram at the Brian Norris. Uh, I hope to uh, hear from you all during the week. See you at happy hour and I'll be back in a couple weeks with another new voiceover episode all about just starting out. <laughs>